0: High end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look, be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. On Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, I go live on Facebook to share my design tips, to answer your questions, to talk about what's going on in my world. Well, I not only share it on Facebook, now I'm going to be sharing it on my podcast. So today you will be hearing a recording of my most recent Facebook Live. Enjoy. Hi, I have just decided to jump on, to break the mold, to do an unusual time, and with or without makeup, I'm going live right now. My week has finally slowed to the point where I can grab a little bit of time to answer your questions that came in this week because so many came pouring in and I want to get to them. I want to help you solve your dilemmas ASAP so you can spend the weekend at Home Depot. Uh, So without further ado, I will jump right in. But before I do, let me quickly tell you the reason that I was unable to do live this week um, or to post earlier was because I had a leak in my house. Oh my goodness. So the charm of an old house is really priceless, but the issues that come up can be exorbitant. I live in a house that was built in 1913 and she's a beauty and she's solid as a rock, but even rocks spring a leak sometimes. Unfortunately, I've been dealing with that. And then, of course, you choose to fix one issue. And while the contractor's there, he might as well fix six issues. And it goes from being a four-figure problem to a five-figure problem way too fast. So I've got five-figure problems. Problems Home Depot can't solve. I hope your week is going a little better. Okay, so let's dive in. I heard from Renee this week that writes, Betsy, I'm anxiously awaiting the next podcast. And Renee, this is the reason I recorded right now, just for you. So I hope you appreciate this because I was like, oh no, I'm letting them down. I've got to show up no matter the leaks, no matter the work. I've got to be there for my fans. So here we go. You wrote, thanks for sharing your treasure trove of practical help for the rest of us. I think I've scoured all 145 episodes. Did I miss it? Where is your favorite source for dining tables? We'll be looking for something kid-friendly in the mid-century modern direction. I'm going to go hit refresh to see if you've posted this week. Thanks, Renee. All right, Renee, I had not posted this week, but that's going to all change in a matter of hours. Okay, so my favorite places for dining tables that have a mid-century look and aren't too expensive are West Elm, CB2, and yes, even IKEA. Because with young children, I really think that you should give that table a five-year timeline. This is not the table you're going to have for eons. This is not the forever table or even the legacy table that you plan on handing down to any one of these delightful children. Rather, it's the five-year table. The table they're going to make slime on. The table they're going to run their scooter into. The table that's going to get stickers. And if my children are any indication, they're going to drag their fork along it. Looking into my crystal ball, you're gonna want this table to be durable, but don't expect it to be the be all end all. Those places will give you good price points and fairly good quality that will at least last you those five years. Another place I like, if you had a different type of design style, more transitional, or were open to like a farmhouse or rustic look, well, I'd also be looking at Pier One. Back when I was shopping for my home, because you know I have a mid-century bent if you've listened to all 145 episodes, Um, so for my home I went for that mid-century look and Pier One had an amazing option that I snapped up, but unfortunately it's no longer there. Or I'd definitely be recommending that table to you because it has taken a licking and you cannot even tell. We don't use coasters. Sometimes, just to keep it real, we don't use trivets and it does not show. Okay, let's get to my next question, which comes from Monica. Monica writes, Betsy, thank you so much for your podcast. It's inspiring. It's educational. I just love it. I also love your book and can't wait to get the new updated version. Yes, I am hard at work at that updated version. We're doing all new pictures we're doing a little bit of changes with my rules because you know i've gotten softer in my own my old age so i used to be quite the stickler for a number of things and recently i found myself easing up but um But you will love this new book. I'm so excited for its release. It's going to have a new title. It's going to feel brand spanking new. However, it's going to be in paperback. So you will be unable to get my hardcover book, which I really think – feels super special so if you still want to get the hardcover book you have a few months left it's available until December and if you go to my website affordableinteriordesign.com I will sign it for you you use promo code podcast to get 15% off and you will have the hardcover original which you know that'll probably be worth big money someday Monica okay let's get back to your question I've been kind of stumped on creating a color palette for my home. My husband and I built our house and have been living in it for about a year. We and the contractor painted all the rooms except for the bedrooms a light gray, which we both like. But we are kind of grayed out and we need some color. Our living room areas, dining room, kitchen, foyer, and soon-to-be playroom, currently acting as a catch-all for the sofa chair and bookcase, are all open to each other. I'm in the process of designing the dining room and the playroom, and I want to paint these rooms to add color to the whole house. I have a little mouse back there. Eden! I'm on my my live, my Facebook live. Do you want to come join? Do you want to be on the podcast? All right. Well, since I'm recording so late, I have my little one in the background, and she's supposed to be otherwise occupied, but she's singing along with PJ Masks and breaking my concentration. So if you hear a little... Beep, beep back there. Now you know. All right. So you are asking I'm in the process of designing the dining room and the playroom, and I want to paint these rooms to add color to the whole house. I plan on keeping the kitchen and the living room the light gray that it currently is, which is Sherwin Williams Snowfall. How do I go about creating a home color palette? Do I need to match the current gray to the new colors? And if so, how? My dining room is picked out, but I'm afraid to paint the color and not match the gray. How do I match colors? Do I need an inspiration piece for the home color palette or the home color palette in the end would set the tone? But aren't I supposed to wait until the design process complete to paint? Really, I just want to add color and I don't want it to look like I live in a fun house. Thank you so much for your help, your book, and your podcast. I would join your Facebook live videos, but I'm in a cubicle. Monica. Okay, well Monica, first of all, you can always watch these later, but of course listening to a podcast is so convenient because I listen to that while I wash dishes, while I'm in the car, while I'm on the subway, so I don't blame you. podcast for me, I eat them up like little potato chips, just pop, 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 at least one a day. Um, Okay, so let's get to your question. When you have an open concept layout, there's generally no clear beginning or end to a room. If you don't clearly have a beginning or into a room, I don't tend to make that room a different color. Now if there is some architectural delineation, like an archway that has a break, or the side of a wall that has a break, or something like that, even if it doesn't have doors, I'm open to you changing that color because there is a delineation, even though there's no door or physical separation. Okay? There's a couple ways I like to go. So you've probably heard me talk about the Skittles effect or the rainbow of fruit flavor situation where, you know, I only like you to, to use two colors in a space and one neutral. And then if you need more than that, well, you would do a shade of either the neutral or the colors. Now, in your case, you have picked a blue color for the dining room. And so that's one of your colors. And I think to keep it super sophisticated, you might just do two. And then do a shade of one of those. So, For instance, you could do a shade of the gray. So you could make that um, playroom a darker gray or a lighter gray. But it sounds like your main area is already pretty light, so your only option would be to go dark. Or you could do a lighter version of that blue jay, or a darker version of the blue jay, which seems like that would make more sense because a playroom is supposed to be somewhat playful. And when you get too dark and charcoal colored, well, that's not going to feel too playful for a playroom. I do not like to pick colors out arbitrarily. I do like to create my complete design ahead of time, and then I derive my paint colors from that design. For instance, for my home, my walls are this grayish, like a gray beige color, almost throughout, and it's a fairly open concept layout, but my dining room does have a separation of sorts. And so I made that yellow, hawthorn yellow from Benjamin Moore. The rest of my house is pale oak from Benjamin Moore. And that hawthorn yellow was derived from my inspiration piece, which is my living room rug. And so I did find my inspiration piece for my entire open concept bottom floor and then I sprung from that. Now blue and of course gray are tones that are very easy to work with and it's quite easy to find an inspiration piece that you're going to love that incorporates blue. So I think you're in the safety zone whereas if you would tell me that you were picking yellow or green or something that's a little bit more rare Well then, I might say, why don't you stick with that inspiration piece so that way, when you find it, you can derive that exact tone that you're hoping to capture for the wall paint. So I think you're taking the safe route. Just make sure that the playroom is a lighter or darker blue. And then find an inspiration piece that, of course, has some blue. And you should be set. Monica, I hope that helps and I can't wait to see after photos when you're done. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My next note is just a love letter, but I have to read it because guys, these love letters, they bring tears to my eye. They make... Podcasting and Facebook living week after week worth it. And when you're putting this stuff out there, you're kind of putting the stuff out there in a void. Sometimes you get comments, sometimes you get thumbs up, likes, little hearts, but it's hard to know what's really resonating. So when I get emails like this, it warms warms my heart and really makes my day. So you wrote, Christine, Betsy, I've had good intentions for the past two years to sit down and email you. You've been one of my inspirations to follow my passion. I've been a nurse for 20 years and raised my daughter and enjoyed life, all the while not truly realizing my passion because I'd been so caught up in trying to be successful in the medical device world. After going through some changes in management, etc., I realized how miserable I was. Not to mention all the travel. Mainly, being in my car was killing my back. My very smart and wise daughter turned me onto your podcast. Needless to say, I've been looking for a podcast related to things I was interested in. Your podcast came up and you were one of the few podcasts that aired regularly at the time about interior decorating. I soon realized after some podcast binging that interior design was my passion. I'd been decorating and making suggestions to friends and family for years. People always loved my home and told me how beautiful and comfortable it was. As I listened to you and realized that I did not have formal training but had such a wealth of information, I began to think, maybe I could follow my passion as well. So I left my miserable job with exceptional pay, benefits, and retirement last June. Being a nurse, I knew I could go back to the hospital and work 2-3 to days a week and follow my passion. I also learned that not only do I have a talent for decorating, but I enjoy making furniture. Whoa! I want to thank you so much for the inspiration you share just by being you. And I love, love, love your happy voice and positive attitude. On days when I feel I may never see my dream of helping people love their homes come true, your podcast lifts my spirits so I'm ready to fly again. Thank you, Christine. By the way, I finally ordered your online classes using your promo code and I'm very excited to start them and receive your book. I'm also taking a color expert class this week with Maria Killam. Well, Christine, thank you so much for sharing this message with me. It really does make doing this all so worth it. And the whole reason I started podcasting, the reason that I started Facebook living is not because it brings in revenue because hint hint, it actually doesn't. It costs me money. It costs me time every week. But I don't own affordable interior design because I love interior design secrets out. I do like interior design and I do like pillows and I do like curtains but I'm only doing this to change people's lives. If I didn't feel like I didn't make a significant impact in this world I would switch gears tomorrow because I'm not here to find the perfect fabric or choose the perfect paint color. That's just an outcome. That's just uh, a part of a larger whole. I really firmly see and believe what I do makes a big difference for people and so it's really rewarding not only to be able to make a difference in their homes but also to be a source of inspiration so I went to this podcast live world so that I could disseminate my message even further having a book wasn't enough I wanted to tell people you can design on your own you don't have to have a degree these are simple formulas simple rules I follow day in day out and I get a great look for my clients and of course it's wonderful to have a degree And it's wonderful to have that foundational knowledge that you can jump off of and work in a design firm. But that shouldn't be the only way to have a home you love. And Christine, I'm so glad that you got the message that you're running with it. And... I really think that somebody could take my book and use it as a textbook and get that amazing look every time. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I've been evolving my rules and evolving my techniques, but my dear friend and one of my first clients, she was my client first and became my friend over the years, Shaney, called me this week from California. She recently moved to California. She's setting up camp in a new space from New York City, and she's relying on my book, And I told her, well, Shaney, some of my rules are changing. Some of the things are more flexible. But if you're brand new to design, if you're designing without a degree, I still feel you should follow that original hardcover book to the letter. I don't feel you should bend the rules because that's where the gray area, pun intended for Monica's wall paint, that's where the gray area comes in. And it's easy to start making choices that take you off that clear path. The... More clear the boundaries, the more guaranteed you are to get an amazing look. So I do think that hardcover book will still be the original Bible, if you will. But um, I am going to soften up with my new version. And Christine, thank you for your heartfelt email. All right, let's get to my last question of this week. Hi, Betsy. I love listening to your podcast lately, and I found it at the perfect time. My husband and I are moving, and we are in need of a couch. We have a chair, but I'm afraid to choose a couch or a color that completely clashes what direction should i be avoiding versus getting excited about all right okay so i'm just going to open up this link really quickly that you put in here in your message to see the chair because this is oh so live Okay, so this chair is a cream-colored chair. It's rather traditional or transitional. It has turned legs in the front. It has tufting. It looks rather small in scale with cute little arms that don't have a roll, but they have a slight flare. And, of course, you're getting a great deal at Wayfair for $250 for this chair with nearly 400 impeccable reviews. So it seems to be a good choice, Victoria. Now, I'll give you some guidelines. You know I don't like a colorful sofa because a colorful sofa is a big commitment. Sofas are supposed to last you between 5 and 10 years, maybe even a little longer. And so if you choose something bold like a color, like if you went navy or if you went um, red or something like that, or even a pattern, well, you're more likely to get sick of it than if you go with a neutral, something like a gray, a putty, a taupe, a beige, a cream, and then just layer on pillows and throws for interesting accents right, to add that flair, if you will. Now since your chair is a neutral, and since it's a cream, I will tell you what I would not choose for your sofa. I would not choose a cream. Because it's going to look like you went to the cream store and bought all your upholstery there, even if the sofa is a somewhat different style. The key is contrast. Contrast is king! So let's find a contrasting fabric. Now, what lives in the world of cream that's a neutral? Taupe. Beige. Tan. What doesn't live in the land of cream that's a neutral? Now this isn't all-encompassing, but grays, right? Grays would feel more at home with like… A heather gray and a charcoal, that being your contrast. And creams and ivories feel more at home, with tans, beiges, and taupes offering the contrast. So that's what I'm going to recommend for you for the sofa. Also, I don't want it to look like you went to the tufted store. So because this chair has so much prominent tufting both on the seat and on the back, I'd probably recommend that your sofa be somewhat more simplistic. Maybe it has no tufting at all. Maybe it has tufting just along the back. The other thing I would be looking for are maybe rolled arms. Because it seems based on this chair selection that you are more traditional or transitional in style. So rolled arms would really fit that bill and wouldn't be derivative because this chair has flared arms, not a roll. And then I was just emailing one of my clients who lives in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. And she has selected a sofa for her space that's a little bit big. And it's a little bit... um out of scale for the room. I would have picked something smaller. In fact, I did pick something smaller. And then she went to the store and actually fell in love with this other colossal reclining sectional that is big. But she said, Betsy, even though it's quite big, would you recommend that I just go for it? And I wrote her back this afternoon and I said, Seema, that's her name, Seema, there is nothing, nothing is amazing. And, you know, I'm being extreme here. There's nothing as amazing as the love of a good sofa. Sure, there's a spouse. Sure, there's delightful kids. But when you find your sofa soulmate, go the distance. You know, make it work. See what you can do. Because after a long day at work, after a long weekend at Little League practice, you want to go home and sit down on something that you love. So I don't want you just to select something based on aesthetics or just to select something because I said get rolled arms. Instead, I want your booty to do the selecting here. I want you to sit on a lot of sofas. And if you happen to find one that has a ton of tufting, if you happen to find one that doesn't have rolled arms, well, go for it anyway, Victoria, because there's nothing like the love of a good sofa. I'm going to leave you on that note. And I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Next week, I'll be right back at you, hopefully with a less leaky house and even more amazing design solutions. And maybe I'll even put on makeup. There we go. All right, guys. Until next time. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, Bye.